Welcome back to Cancer Perspective. Thank you for joining us. We're finishing up our November series. We've talked about honoring Caregivers Month, Lung Cancer Awareness Month, Neuroendocrine Cancer Awareness Month, Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month, and today we'll round it out with Stomach Cancer Awareness Month. Stomach cancer is also called gastric cancer because, as it turns out, the Greek have two words for stomach. Stomachos, I hope you forgive any kind of pronunciation issues I have, also stoma or mouth, and also gaster or gastros, which is another Greek word for stomach. This is not to be confused with the belly. When somebody says that they have a belly ache, this could mean an ache in their colon or acid reflux, but the stomach is a muscular sac-like organ where your food that you swallow goes down your passage or your esophagus and enters into your stomach to start the gastric juices digesting your food so that it can then enter into the first part of the small intestine to further digest the food. The stomach is just below the ribs, and there's a diaphragm right above it. It's kind of a J shape, and it produces enzymes. And as we've talked about, cells that help produce mucus and enzymes and juices, that's an adeno cell. And so most of the gastric cancers are on the inside of the stomach 90% of all the gastric cancers are adenocarcinomas. Once food is digested and enters into the small intestine, the intestines then collect digestive juices from the liver and the pancreas so that the intestinal walls absorb the nutrients and send the waste products down to the large intestine. We've talked about most of these organs so far, so you can see that it gets very complicated about identifying a source of a belly ache. All of these organs are intricately linked and can cause some of the same issues. Most of the stomach cancers or gastric cancers are in the body of the sac. The top of the stomach is the cardia, and some cancers can be identified up there. Outside of the adenocarcinomas, or beginning in those mucus-producing cells, there's gastroesophageal junction adenocarcinomas, meaning the spot where the stomach links to the esophagus. Cancers in this area are more often treated as esophageal cancers but may be treated as a stomach cancer. There's gastrointestinal neuroendocrine tumors, and we've discussed neuroendocrine tumors earlier this month. And there are gastrointestinal stromal tumors, or GIST, in the nerve cells found in the wall of the stomach and other digestive organs. These are treated more like a sarcoma, And then there's primary gastric lymphoma. It's a type of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma that starts in the stomach. These can be malt lymphomas or mucosa-associated lymphoid tissue or a B-cell lymphoma of the stomach. 
And then rarely they're squamous cell carcinomas or small cell carcinomas or leiomyosarcomas that can start in the stomach and are treated very differently. There are risk factors that may increase your risk of developing cancer in different parts of the stomach. For example, Heliobacter pylori or H. pylori infections can increase the risk of cancer in the lower and middle part of the stomach, while gastroesophageal reflux or GERD disease can increase the risk in the upper part of the stomach. Having chronic inflammation in the stomach or gastritis can cause a thinning of the stomach lining. Having an infection with the Epstein-Barr virus, having an autoimmune condition called pernicious anemia. This is where the stomach and intestines can't absorb vitamin B12, and vitamin B12 helps the health and production of red blood cells. Being obese can be a risk factor for gastric cancer and having a family history of someone who has had stomach cancer. There are genetic risk factors that you could be born with, such as familial adenomatous polyposis, familial intestinal gastric cancer, gastric adenocarcinoma and proximal polyposis of the stomach, or GAPS, hereditary diffuse gastric cancer, juvenile polyposis syndrome, Lee-Fromini syndrome, Lynch syndrome, Poots-Jaeger syndrome, and for some reason, having type A blood puts a person at higher risk. There has been a link to a poor diet or eating a diet that's low in fruits and vegetables or that's high in salted, smoky, poorly preserved foods. The use of tobacco Interestingly, smoking tobacco makes treatment for the H. pylori infection less effective. Environmental and occupational exposures, including working in rubber or coal industry or being exposed to high levels of radiation, have been linked to stomach cancer. Signs and symptoms of stomach cancer may include difficulty swallowing, feeling full easily, most cancers, including stomach cancers, don't necessarily have any signs that they're growing until they cause a problem. So if you have a tumor in the lining of your stomach, that's going to interfere with your digestion and might make you have difficulty swallowing or feeling bloated or full after eating small amounts of food, not being hungry at all when you should be hungry, belly pain or heartburn and indigestion, nausea and vomiting, losing weight without trying, getting generally more tired without explanation, and then having black stools. Black stools are a sign that there is some bleeding high up in your digestive tract, which will include a stomach cancer. Especially in the holiday months, we might be eating a different type of diet or introducing foods in our diet that our body just isn't used to or would rather us not eat very much, which means indigestion and periods of not feeling well or having belly pain might not be the reason to run to your doctor, but something that is persistent and anytime you're losing weight without trying, 
even if it is because you just can't eat your usual diet, you should discuss this with your healthcare provider teams. Treatment team members may include a gastroenterologist, somebody that specializes in the digestive tract system. Treatment options include, just like all the other cancers we've discussed, surgery to remove the cancer. It is possible that some people may have all or part of the stomach removed. Part of the stomach removal is called a subtotal or partial gastrectomy. If it's the lower part of the stomach, it's a distal gastrectomy. If it's the upper part of the stomach, it's a proximal gastrectomy. If the cancer involves the omentum, a fatty tissue that covers the stomach and the intestines, part or all of the omentum might need to be removed. If the cancer has reached the spleen or other nearby organs, these also might be removed. A total gastrectomy is when the surgeon removes the entire stomach, nearby lymph nodes, the omentum, and potentially the spleen or parts of the esophagus or intestines or pancreas or other nearby organs. The end of the esophagus is then attached to part of the small intestine that allows food to move down into the intestinal tract. People who have had their stomach removed completely can only eat a very small amount of food at a time, and then they will be required to eat more frequently. And even though eating is easier with a partial gastrectomy, it is definitely possible to enjoy eating with a total gastrectomy. Someone with a total gastrectomy may need feeding tube to maintain their weight. If a surgeon is doing a palliative approach, meaning they're not going for the cure of the cancer, but the person with stomach cancer is having symptoms that make them feel very uncomfortable, it is possible to put a stent in to help decrease the feeling of pain in the belly or allow juices to flow a little bit easier and make the patient a little less uncomfortable. Usually, stents are replaced approximately every three months. Radiation can potentially be an option for people with gastric or stomach cancer. There are different types of radiation. And then there is systemic therapy, or taking a pill or getting an IV, including chemotherapy, targeted therapy, or immunotherapy for stomach cancer. The exact drug or drugs is very specific to the type of cell and some of the protein or hormone or molecule changes specific to the individual's cancer identified and tested after diagnosis. A lavender blue ribbon is the sign of support for those living with stomach or gastric cancer. So wear a soft lavender in support of those who have or are battling stomach cancer. Thank you for joining us. Remember to take care and spread kindness.